Thank you for joining me for another episode of Spiritual Prism, where we discuss everyday issues through the prism of God's Word. I have titled today's discussion, Tough Times, because no matter who you are, you have been in, maybe are in now, and will go through tough times again. It's an unavoidable part of the life we live, whether you are a believer in Jesus Christ or not. Many people are going through tough times right now, especially with so many people out of work, maybe with their loved one being sick or a multitude of other reasons. Whatever the reason, we all need strength, love, and hope during tough times. Sometimes tough times are short, and sometimes they last for years. Sometimes we bring them upon ourselves, and other times they are just thrust upon us. It doesn't matter how, why, or when, once we are in the middle of it, it only matters that we have to go through it and endure till it ends. Which I know for me personally, I've had tough times feel like they are never going to end. Or, right when I get through one, and I think I can catch my breath, I just get sucker punched with another one. I have had tough times bring me to my knees in prayers and tears, wondering why it's happening to me, and I have had tough times give me sleepless nights, wondering how I was going to make it through it. But I have come to realize that through them all, God has remained faithful and brought me and my family through each and every one. I know that God has used these tough times to mold me into a stronger, better version of me. Although I don't like being in hard times, I am thankful that I have Jesus to get me through them. The tough times have and continue to humble me. I remember one time in particular that drove me to my breaking point. I just felt so beaten down and saw no respite coming that I was just crying out to God in fear and anger over the situation. I felt like God had left me and didn't care. But he hadn't left me. He was holding me, letting me beat on his chest while I came to accept the situation I was in. That's when I had a profound change. After I composed myself, I realized that I couldn't change the situation I was in. I didn't even have to say, why me? Because I mean, in reality, tough times happen to all of us, and the one I was going through was definitely not as bad as what someone else was going through. I didn't know them, but I realized they were out there and would probably change situations with me in a heartbeat if they could. So I have learned to remember what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 8 and 10, which says, Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness, so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness, and in the insults and hardships, persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am made strong. It's how we deal with the tough times that matter. We can act like I have many times before, which I have illustrated for you. Or, if we have Christ as our Savior, we can act like Paul and be thankful for the tough times. Not because we are thankful for the situation itself, but that we are thankful that the power of Christ can work through us. For when we are weak, we are made strong. We will have to go through the hardship regardless, and I am thankful that I have Jesus giving me the strength to get through it. Not only that, but I can rest assured when it's all said and done, it will have worked out for the best in my life if I just have faith in Him. It may take 10, 20, or even more years for it to play out accordingly, but when it does, it's going to be awesome. We can see an Old Testament picture of this in the life of Joseph. It's one of my favorite stories to go and read when I am struggling with a tough time. It starts in the book of Genesis, chapters 37, and goes through chapter 50. I'm not going to read all the chapters, but I'm going to pick out some verses so we can see the troubled times that Joseph went through. And I hope you will go and read the whole story yourself. 
As the story starts, Joseph is 17 years old and he is his father Jacob's favorite son. Jacob made a special gift for Joseph. It was a robe made of many colors. Joseph's brothers hated him because he was the father's favorite son and wouldn't even say a kind word to him. Then Joseph had some dreams. I'm going to read that part from the Bible for you. It's in Genesis chapter 37 verses 5 through 11 and it says, One night Joseph had a dream and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, So you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and eleven stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your, all your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. So Joseph's troubled times begin. His brothers are jealous of him and hate him even more because now he is having dreams of his family being subject to him. As the story continues, the brothers take the sheep to pasture in Shechem. And because they have been gone a while, Jacob sends Joseph to see what they are doing and bring him back a report. Joseph goes to Shechem and his brothers are not there, but he finds out that they went to Dothan. Now let's go back to the Bible to see what takes place when Joseph finds them. We pick the story back up in Genesis chapter 37, verses 18 through 36, and it says, When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. But when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into this empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. Then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Then, just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain by killing our brother? We'd have to cover up this crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for twenty pieces of silver. And the traders took him to Egypt. Some time later, Reuben returned to get Joseph out of the cistern. When he discovered that Joseph was missing, he tore his clothes in grief. Then he went back to his brothers and lamented, The boy is gone. What will I do now? Then the brothers killed a young goat and dipped Joseph's robe in its blood. They sent the beautiful robe to their father with this message. Look at what we've found. Doesn't this robe belong to your son? Their father recognized it immediately. Yes, he said. It's my son's robe. A wild animal must have eaten him. Joseph has clearly been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes and dressed himself in burlap. He mourned deeply for his son for a long time. 
His family all tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. I will go to my grave mourning for my son, he would say, and then he would weep. Meanwhile, the Midianite traders arrived in Egypt, where they sold Joseph to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Potiphar was captain of the palace guard. So Joseph's troubled times went from bad to worse. He is 17, and his brothers hated him so much they planned to kill him. Then God, his brother Reuben, spoke up for Joseph and saved him from death. But he still gets sold as a slave and sent to Egypt, where he is sold to Potiphar. Not only that, they are going to tell Jacob that he is dead. I can only imagine what is going through Joseph's mind. Talk about thinking, why me? If anyone had any reason to feel that way, it was Joseph. His whole life had just been taken away from him. He went from the loving hands of Jacob in a prosperous life to a slave in Egypt. I don't know about you, but none of my hard times are measuring up to what is taking place in Joseph's life. Now, while Joseph was in Potiphar's house, God blessed him and gave him success in everything he did. So much so that Potiphar made Joseph his personal assistant and put him in charge of his whole household. God continued to bless Joseph, and Potiphar gave him complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. It's starting to look like Joseph's tough time has come to an end, and he is prospering, and things couldn't be any better for a slave in Egypt. But it was just the calm before the storm. You see, Joseph was a good-looking young man, and Potiphar's wife began to look at him lustfully. She kept trying to seduce Joseph, but he wouldn't sleep with her. Finally, she tried to force herself on him, and he ran from her, but she had his cloak in her hand. So she called out for the other men in the house and told them Joseph had tried to rape her. Obviously, Potiphar was furious and had Joseph thrown into prison. Looks like Joseph's troubled times just got worse. He went from going to be killed to sold as a slave, and now he is in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Let me pick up in the Bible again with Joseph being put into prison in Genesis 39, chapters 21 through 23, and it says, But the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. Here we see it again. In the middle of Joseph's troubled times, the Lord blesses him and shows him his faithful love. And Joseph was put in charge of all the other prisoners. After some time passes, Pharaoh's cupbearer and chief baker get put into prison with Joseph. And while they are there, they both have dreams and are upset because they don't know the meaning of them. Joseph tells them interpreting dreams is God's business. Tell me your dreams. So the cupbearer tells Joseph his dream and he interprets it for him. It was going to work out good for the cupbearer, so the chief baker decided he would tell Joseph his dreams also. Well, it wasn't going to work out so good for the baker. Three days later, the pharaoh called for them both, and it worked out just as Joseph had told them. The cupbearer returned to his former position, and the baker, well, I leave that for you to read. So the cupbearer totally forgot about Joseph in his interpretation and never gave him another thought. Then two years later, the Pharaoh has a dream that he is disturbed by and wants it interpreted. The Pharaoh calls for all the wise men and magicians, but none of them could interpret the dream. Finally, the cupbearer remembers Joseph and told the Pharaoh about him, and the Pharaoh called for him at once. They bring Joseph to the Pharaoh, and he asks if Joseph can interpret his dream. Joseph replied, It is beyond my power to do this, but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. So the Pharaoh told Joseph the dream, 
and Joseph interpreted it for him. So let's pick the story back up with what happens to Joseph after he interprets the dream for Pharaoh. I'm going to be reading from Genesis 41, verses 37 through 44. Joseph's suggestions were well received by the Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, Can we find anyone else like this man, so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has revealed the meaning of these dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or as wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court, and all my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have rank higher than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in fine linen clothing and hung a gold chain around his neck. Then he had Joseph ride in the chariot reserved for his second command. And wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, Kneel down! So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all Egypt. And Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh, but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval. Finally, Joseph's troubled times came to an end. It took a lot of struggle and time, but it came to an end just how God had intended. Through it all, Joseph never lost sight of God, and God never stopped loving Joseph. Like all things, it just has to work out in God's timing to work out properly. Oh, and don't forget about Joseph's dreams at the beginning of all this. I'm not going to finish the story. You'll have to go and see how it ends for yourself if you don't already know. And if you do already know, go and read it again. I'm sure it will encourage you. So in closing, troubled times will come, and when they do, I hope we can all be like Joseph and never lose faith in the Lord. If we trust in Him, it will all work out for the best for us in God's time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Spiritual Prism, and until next time, I pray you look to the Lord for strength, love, wisdom, and patience next time you are going through tough times.